Hi, I'm Maddie, and I don't have a hobby. Hi, I'm Haley, and I have too many hobbies. And I've taken it upon myself to get Maddie hooked on just about anything. In this podcast, we're talking true crime. We're talking Enneagram. We're talking mental health. We're talking Scientology. And just about everything in between. So we're inviting you on a journey that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be Average, average girls Average and Average and yeah. Hey everybody, Mabby here. <laughs> yeah, Haley has Mabby written on the board because in first grade my journal entries were all signed Love, Mabby. Did your teacher never tell you? Uh, I don't think she, like, looked at punctuation. Mm. It, we just had to journal for... Yeah, but, like, if she probably should have mentioned, like, hey, honey. I think she just that looked around. that I wrote something that day. I don't think she realized that I was signing off, spelling my name incorrectly. Wouldn't you notice? I'm dyslexic. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, are you? No, you're not. Can you grow out of dyslexia? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Because I, I was when I was younger, but Wait, really? I don't seem to be anymore. You don't seem to be anymore? <laughs> like, I don't I don't mess up my... Just look it. College... Just look. Is that normal? Yeah. Then you know, you're not. Okay. Well, then I grew out of it or, like, learned out of it or something. Because I definitely was, like, all through until middle school, probably. Mm-hmm. I wrote numbers upside down. <laughs> Yeah. Aw, poor kid. Yeah, so thank you for the Mabby reference. I, I didn't know it was a disability of yours. <laughs> maybe, I w- maybe I wouldn't have made fun of it. <laughs> Only maybe, but maybe, you know. Maybe. Dare I say Mabby? I wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, yes. Um, Emerson's in with a hot take. Em, you want to help us out? Okay. Okay, so the question is... Oh my gosh, I forgot the question. Oh, yes. If you could travel back <laughs> to any point in your life, and tell yourself something, what would it be? Any age. You um, have all the knowledge that you have right now. That's a really hard one for me. I'm like a believer in, like, I wouldn't say anything. Yeah. I wouldn't. I want to say I wouldn't say anything, but also if I could just, like, alleviate a little bit of me being a sad kid, I probably would, you know? Okay. Well, and also you don't have to tell yourself, like, hey, yeah. you're grandma's gonna die when you're 12 you can <laughs> yeah. tell yourself like hey you're gonna be 24 and have well, a degree I, yeah I don't think I would tell my I wouldn't tell myself like oh you need to like go appreciate your family more or something because they're gonna die not even like I don't think I would hint in that direction even though like yeah I wish I would it would just but create fear I was too anxious of a kid like I was scared of that shit anyways so I didn't need like I probably wouldn't have known that I'm probably stuck between either telling myself that I was smart Mm. or because I think I thought I was stupid forever or just saying like you don't need to prove yourself you're good because mm. I was like a little anxious chicken nugget and yeah. I was always like very socially conscious of every move I made okay I think I would have well it depends on the age I go back to mm. and uh, it's so hard because I think I would have I don't know I would have had to tell myself to change something, which I think would have freaked me out. Why, why do you have to tell yourself to change something? I would tell myself to, like, be nicer to my mom. Because um, I just didn't get the situation she was in. 
But when I, I could little, say that, and it wouldn't necessarily change your. But I think it would make me be like, "Oh my gosh, my future self came to me, and now my mom's gonna die." Like I think that's how I would take it. Oh, maybe you don't have to say it like that. Maybe you could say like, "Just because you don't get mom doesn't mean you should be mean to her." Yeah, I just was so rebellious for like a good chunk because I just didn't get it. Yeah, and then once you were older, maybe you could say that though. Like you're gonna look back and wish that you were nicer to mom, just because you. Like, you didn't get her at the time. Yeah. But you're going to regret that, so don't do it. Yeah. I would either say that or, like, my ninth grade year, I would be like, don't pick a boy over your friends. Mm. But would that have changed everything if you hadn't learned that lesson the hard way? Maybe, but I I don't think it would have hurt anybody to still have a boyfriend and be nice to my friends. Mm. Like, I just didn't hang out with them. Oh, shitty. Yeah. Why did it? I just choked as if I had just take a, taken a sip of my sparkling water, but it was like a minute later. <laughs> I'm so confused. The bubbles got to you later. The bubbles. Um. Okay, Maddie, do you want to introduce? Oh, wait, Emerson, do you want to give us yours? I think I would just tell myself what I said, kind of, of like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be like yeah. 22 and you'll have a call. Would you say yourself you're going to get out of Indiana? Ooh, that's a good one. That would probably be, I feel like I would have felt a lot better as a kid if I would have known, like, you're going to get out. Like, it's not that you're stuck here forever. Yeah. Like, Like, life doesn't have to look like this. Oh, I didn't feel stuck. Like, I had no, like, hope that I would get out. But I, no, no, but I didn't know I needed that. Oh, until you got out. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to get out of this trash place. But once I got out, I was like, oh, thank God I got a little bit of perspective. Hmm. Interesting. You know, yeah, I no. came to yeah, I came to visit Florida when I was like sixteen, and I didn't really care to like get. I mean, I knew I didn't want to live in Indiana forever, but I wasn't like banging on the door trying to get out when I was like fourteen years old. Yeah. So, but by the time oh, I came, really? I was like really excited to come here. And mm. but I, I loved. I mean, high school was great. Like I loved high school. Yeah. Y'all are weird. High school was fun. I wasn't, like, super sad when it was over. I wasn't, like, some people at graduation that were, like, this is mm-hmm. the last time we're ever going to all be. Ooh, I was very sad when it was over, but I hated it. I think I had, like, a trauma bond. I'm not kidding. Oh. I, like, all my friends were so sad and being, like, oh, this is the last this and the last that, and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually emotional, and mm-hmm. I was not emotional really? at all. And then it all hit me on the last day of our senior year. I went out to the parking lot after school and my best friend took a picture of me and I'm in the middle of the road with my arms and legs spread and I'm sobbing. Oh, actually, I think I'm holding my books and I'm just sobbing. And she was like, this girl didn't feel anything all year. And then on the last day, she's a puddle of tears. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, the finality. I remember I cried. I was, like, not crying the last day of senior year. But I remember crying whenever I took my lock off my locker and left it there because I was thinking that it's going to be someone else's. Oh, weird. And the weird thing was it had never been anybody else's because our high school was new. Like, they had just oh. built it. So, literally, it had only ever been my locker. Oh, and so, for cool. some reason, that felt nostalgic You had me. the same locker for four years? Yeah, we would keep the same locker. That's weird. Whoa. We had halls. Yeah. Well, our junior and senior year, actually, I think all of high school is in the same main hallway. Um, but we had locks on our locker. Well, yeah, we had locks too. We had, we, I had a small school. So uh, like our high in. school. Yeah. Your locks weren't built in. Like they were like a thing you took off separately. No, mine was built in. Yeah. Ours we took off separately. That's so weird. We had to buy them. Built in. Yeah. We had I, like a I still remember my locker combination. 
Shut up. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like 7, 21, 28. It was like all multiples of seven. It was very easy. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Yeah. We're twins. Anywho. Okay. So, anywho. And did we tell you what today's episode is? Did you tell me? Yeah. No. Okay. So, Em is actually going to be sitting up being the peanut gallery. She's going to be our <laughs> laugh track for this Live episode. Live studio audience. Live studio audience. Here she is. Maddie, do you want to introduce our topic? Uh, I don't know the official name we're calling it, if you have one, but mm, we've, we're going to spitball a little bit. Basically, today we're talking <laughs> breakups because mm-hmm. apparently everybody loves our relationship content. Yeah, we have why. like a crazy spike whenever we talk about like real life relational issues. Mm-hmm. And so we're bringing it back for you guys. People either think we're very experienced or they think that we're super wise, which both of which are not accurate. Okay. Just kidding. I think we're smart. Okay. I do too. I think we, um, well, I mean, unfortunately, I think, I don't want to say we're well-versed in this area, but I think Maddie and I were kind of spitballing what we were going to exactly talk about. We haven't, like, really planned much, quite honestly, but Maddie and I are both the friends that you go to to make the Google Doc of how you're going to get through your breakup and, like, what your responses are to the texts. Like, that's, right. we're that friend. Um, Which I love being that. Oh, I love it. I'm not bothered by that at all. While you say that, I'm going to go through the Google Doc that we made for one of our friends. I have it somewhere in here. I like, whenever my friend reaches out to me because they're going through something, whether it's a breakup or anything else, I'm always like, oh, this is great. They trust me. Like, I like helping. I like problem solving. And Mm -hmm. I like trying to build something better. Yes. Like, in all cases, but especially in like relational health. Yes, yes, yes. And so, yeah, we we have our own experiences within yes. like the breakup and boy world, but we also have some insight from situations Everyone that aren't our experiences. <laughs> yeah. And we've kind of lived through our friends, our family members. Yeah, and we're gonna try not to make it um, gender specific. Like we're not just gonna yeah. like we're gonna try to neutralize it. But also, my entire work is with girls, so. I'm coaching teenagers <laughs> through breakups every day of my life. Yeah. And I'm not really giving advice to any guys. Like, I don't have guy friends that would hit me up about, like, how to get over an ex. Mm, I, eh, I sometimes do. It depends. I don't. I don't really yeah. have anyone in my life like that. Well, because you have a boyfriend. Like, I feel like it would probably but be But even weird. before that, I don't think that my guy, friends, guy in friends in high school, I don't I don't know. We didn't have a lot of drama like that in high school, though. And also, like, I feel like a 17-year-old boy isn't going to want to go to his girlfriend. He's going to, like, he's going to be too prideful about it to go to, like, a friend for help. I think I only got, I only helped guy friends in college, and there's only a couple, probably. Yeah. I feel like guys don't even go to other guys for help. No. I don't think they like to admit they need help. Yeah. That's a generalization. Yeah. But I think it's true in my experience. Yeah. Just, oh. Um... No, I think so too. Okay. Um, We're going to share some like, some like help ideas of what to do when you're in a breakup. Yeah. We're also going to talk about what not to do, but is often what people end oh, up doing. Oh, it is our best advice we could possibly give. And that's not to say that we're geniuses, even though obviously we are. But, um, yeah. But I don't know. I think we both have a pretty good grip on reality most of the time. Except it always is different whenever you're in it. Like, I feel like I'm a genius with everyone else's breakups. But then in mine, I'm like, wait, what? Everything's over. Yeah. You know, it's just different. But I don't know. Do you want to start out with the good or the bad? 
Well, I was thinking the good because I already have up my self-care list that I created several months Perfect. ago. So this is what I did post-breakup a few months ago when I decided I'm, I'm going to restart my life as one does when sure. they go through a breakup. And so this was – I don't know if you're going to want to bleep this. I don't know if you're still bleeping my F-words. But this says self-care. This is my list that I put on my notes on my phone. Buy the fucking robe because I had a robe that I've been thinking about for weeks. Yes, I remember. I was like, I'm buying the robe. I'm going home, and that's how I'm restarting. I'm buying the robe. So you know what? Tip number one, buy yourself the robe. This is true. Just buy the robe. Peanut gallery. Emerson is snapping. Emerson's snapping. Um, I put in a whole morning routine, which I honestly think I'm – I even had one of my students do one of these things the other day because I think it genuinely changed the game. I was going to say, I feel like you live by the morning mantras. I, I absolutely love a good morning affirmation. Uh-huh. I love them. I sit in front of my mirror with my coffee. I, I have a very specific what I need to do. I close my door. I sit. I do a couple breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. Very therapist of me. Yeah. And then I do my morning affirmations to myself. Right. And I tell myself I'm awesome because I am and then we're good. Okay. And then I get my life together. Anyways, I have my morning routine and an evening routine. And I don't have to do every single thing on the routine. I have to pick, like, at least two, though. Yeah. And make sure I do those. And oh, it's that's just, like, cool. that's realistic. ways to take care of myself in the morning. So, like, in the morning, I'm going to, like, wake up, chug water. I'm going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to do my affirmations. I'm going to, like, do stuff that makes me feel good. I think mm-hmm. that's, like, biggest thing when you first go through a breakup is, like, do stuff that makes you feel good. Yeah, definitely. Mine... Whenever I was in a breakup and what whatever I um, whatever I feel like works best for my friends that I've given mm-hmm. advice to, the first thing for me was always to take care of my physical health because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the type where I just I lose my appetite. Yeah. And I don't eat for like four days. Yep. Not because I'm like for any other reason that I just like I can't think about doing anything else. Yeah. I couldn't eat because I get too anxious. Yes, exactly. I want to throw up. Exactly. I'm just nauseous all the time. Yeah. Nothing sounds good. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to lay in my bed and do nothing. Yeah. No, all that's day a, long. I have on here all of these are like vitamins and supplements every day. Mm-hmm. Um, skincare routine every morning and night, fruits and veggies every meal, drink enough water, like all that stuff. I mean, right. I think like take yeah. care of your body, like yeah, eat a bagel. Yes. I think therapist tip, they say with DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy, if you're wondering, which you weren't, but here we are. Um, One of the things they say is to always take care of like your physical sensations first. Yeah. I think that's always like whenever my friends are going through a breakup, my first question Mm -hmm. is always, have you eaten today? Yep. Always. And it's usually always, no. Yeah. How much sleep did you get? Yeah, that's a good one as well. Every time. And, like, I'm also very big on, like, one of the things that I did was, like, almost every day, if not every day after work, I would make myself, even though I didn't want to, put on, like, some workout clothes. And I didn't have to, like, go do a full full workout, but just, like, go walk around the neighborhood. And I would, like – because we had just moved here, like, right after this happened. And I was, like – I'd walk around the neighborhood and just, like, find different streets and just, like, throw my routine off. So I'd be, like, okay, I'm just going to go, like – explore the neighborhood and have nowhere to go and I'm gonna listen to a podcast that's gonna like make me feel awesome I've always been terrible at that really oh my god what gosh. part is so hard for you like the last which granted my last breakup was after my freshman year of college so this mm-hmm. has been some time yeah but I'm not one to throw myself into physical activity oh me even <laughs> not no but I'm saying like I can't even get out of the house and like put Mm-hmm. like workout clothes on and take a walk mm-hmm. like I just want to cocoon another dbt skill is called opposite action where you do exactly what your body is telling you to yeah. do you do the exact opposite it makes sense to be active and move your body mm-hmm. but I I'm I've always been really really mm-hmm. bad at that one 
Yeah. Um, Emerson has a, something to share. Please. Question for yes. the therapist in the room. Yes, uh-huh. ma'am. Okay. Opposite reaction. How do you know? Because sometimes I, I'm very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you should get up? I just want to be a sloth. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I come home. I'm tired. I'm like, mm-hmm. I've had a bad day. I just want to lay in my bed. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk to anybody. Yeah. How do I know if I should get up and get my work home clothes, workout clothes on mm-hmm. and go run? Or if, if I you should just let listen your... to my body and... Well, does your body actually need rest? Always. <laughs> well, probably always. But, like, are you actually tired? Like, do you... How much sleep did you actually get? Did you take care of yourself physically in all these other different ways? If the answer is no, then, yeah, you might need to take a nap. Or, like, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Like, yes. what's the balance of, like, letting yourself feel mm-hmm. and just be present with all the crap emotions that you are yeah. feeling? Because you do need to address that portion. Yeah. And I think working out or being active mm-hmm. or whatever can be a way to distract, mm-hmm. which is a good and a bad thing when you're going through something hard. Yeah. So, like, yeah, how do you find that balance of, like, no, today I just need to be present with my emotions and let my myself feel this? Or... <laughs> Emerson, like, while you were talking, Emerson was just making direct eye contact with me. I don't know why. What? Just, I just want to. No, I was going to say my next thought, I agree, is going to be, like, but then that you also have to make sure you're not, like, completely numbing. Or just saying, like, yeah. I'm going to keep myself busy so I don't have to feel it. I think you have to take, like, self-inventory. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I've been feeling this way for seven days, yeah. and six out of the seven days, I've just been feeling it. Right. So, like, I probably should move my body. Right. But if you're just distracting yourself for Mm -hmm. six out of the seven days, then yeah, you probably should sit there and like feel all the issues. And if you feel stuck, you probably are. Mm -hmm. So you should probably go out and try something different. Now, that doesn't mean that you ignore all your feelings. Like if I need to sit, I need to like process everything that happened in the breakup so that I can feel better about what happened and where I'm going next. Mm -hmm. So I need to journal. Like I need to take, I'm going to carve out a specific 45 minutes at the end of the day to like Sit in my bed, have a good cry, listen to three sad songs, yep. light a freaking candle, take a bath, and then I'm going to, like, get up and move on for the rest of the day. I was just going to say another thing that I would always do, and even when I find myself in a rut now, even not relationally, but just in life, mm-hmm. I'm at my best when I'm journaling. Yeah. And oh, yeah, you've said that. Mm-hmm, and I also need at least one person, because I'm a verbal processor, yeah. I need one person that I really trust with all the details, yeah, especially yeah. in a breakup where I feel really vulnerable mm-hmm. um, to just unload. Well, that was the next thing I was going to say, too, is I feel like it's also like something that drives me crazy of like, I just need one person that knows all the details. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all the details of everything. Right. And other people can know bits and pieces here and there. Like, I have a couple like go to friends that probably know. A little bit, but like yeah. not everyone needs to know all my business. No, that's that drives me nuts. Don't go person to person to person and tell them every last detail and every thought that passes through your head about this person and try to get as many opinions as possible. No, a, a no one cares that much. I'm not gonna <sighs> lie to you. And also, they probably are gonna like fake interest until you find exactly what you want to hear, and then you're gonna take that and run with it, and then think like, oh, okay, well then actually this person said that we could possibly get back together, and that sounds awesome, so I'm gonna go with that, and right. not my and five closest people who told me it's a bad idea. And it just spreads things that can be talked about, and mm-hmm. you're inviting people whose opinions may or may not weigh equally to you right. yeah. to have an opinion, because yeah. as soon as you share that with mm-hmm. seven of your closest friends. Now they're going to talk about it amongst each mm-hmm. other. And it, to me, that makes the situation worse every time. It doesn't yeah. make me feel more understood. 
100%. Yeah. You're not looking for connection at that point. You're just right. looking for validation and that's too, it's just, it's not helpful to you. Right. Exactly. Which is, yeah, that's just too much. Okay. Here's my question. This is more of a question than it is anything. Mm-hmm. When are you supposed to know when you're not supposed to get back together? Ooh, that's a good question. That was the hard one. It's- that was always my hard one. And I feel like it's most people's hard one. Mm-hmm. of like oh shoot are we on a break or are we it's hard whenever there's like miscommunications involved like you don't know what the other person is thinking all the time I think like yes. you can get stuck in making up your assumptions and making up a whole story of what this person is like thinking and feeling and doing I think that's actually a strong suit of my mine is not getting in the cycle like none with of yourself or with other people with whoever I'm like dating or talking to Oh, okay. Like, none of my relationships have been, like, I'm in this weird cycle of, like, push and pull. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if we're good, but I want to be good. Like, that sort of situation Mm -hmm. that I feel like a lot of my friends go through. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest key for me is the cycle always happens because you just have questions. Yeah. Like, it's always a communication error. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm very confrontational, mm-hmm. which helps this mm-hmm. specifically. Like I, um, I'm the person to be like, hey, we're going to meet and we're going to talk about it. And like, mm-hmm. I just need the questions that I have answered. Right. And if your answers suck and they go completely, completely against yeah. what I want. And there's nothing wrong with having a standard of what your relationship should be. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with saying I'm in the spot in my life where I can have a healthy relationship and mm-hmm. I deserve communication and you're yeah. just not giving that to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to give you a second and third and fourth chance because none of my needs are being met mm. at all. I think that's where, I mean, for me, I run into an issue where I, I'm an Enneagram too in this way where you I, there needs to be met. I went there needs to be met and I want to, what? I went there <laughs> needs to be met and I don't have any needs. That needs right. to be met by you. Like, okay, no, I'm good. And one of the things I we had on here that was one of my favorite things that I put on my wall in my office, it says, stop gaslighting yourself into being someone who never has needs. Right. Because it's not true. No, it's not. Because you go home feeling or you leave the conversation Debut. feeling disappointed mm-hmm. and let down because right. you, you do have standards and you do mm-hmm. want to be treated or talked to a certain way. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, for someone whose personality is to make sure the other person is like feels understood or yeah, yeah, yeah. they get all their questions answered, but yep. you don't know how to put your foot down enough to mm-hmm. get your own answered. Yeah. That's super tough. Yes. Boundaries are very sticky, especially super sticky. I think everyone, I think most of the people in my life, I feel like I noticed that, well, this isn't like an I noticed, this is like a thing, but mm-hmm. in general, I think people like attract the same things over and over and over again, uh-huh. which is always so weird. Cause like, you know, there's one girl that you know that probably has gotten cheated on multiple times. And then there's another girl who probably hasn't been cheated on more than once, if ever. Right. And like, why does that girl who really? isn't like, Oh, I love cheaters. Like she probably breaks up with everyone that cheats on her. <laughs> right. That, like has mo- like multiple times has attracted the same type of person. Yeah. But I think uh-huh. for people who have like a people pleasing need, mm-hmm. I think it's beneficial for those type of people to identify what they're like. I would write everything down. I would be like, okay, these are my top four questions. Mm -hmm. I can't move forward until these are answered. And I know that they're honest about this situation with me. And I feel like that's always okay to do. It is. But sometimes you have to go to your notes app or open up an actual physical piece of paper and a pen and write down, I need this answered Mm -hmm. or I'm feeling this way. And then 
I don't know. I feel like people pleasers, when they're in the conversation, they go mm-hmm. blank. Yeah. Because all of a sudden it's just the, the focus is just on the other person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, wait, now that you're feeling this way about me, I need to fix that. Yeah. And so I'm going to put everything that I just thought about on the back burner and actually not mention it. Yep. So then yep. you would need to like go to your phone and open it and be like, okay, mm-hmm. question number one that I oh, have. Anytime is... I had like a revelation, I just would have to write it down. Yeah. You know, I'm the queen of Google Docs, man. I just, yeah, you are, I love sure. a good fash- old fashioned Google Docs. So write things down, write yeah. your values down, write your standards down, and don't be afraid to stick to those because mm-hmm. when you write those down and you're in a healthy place, mm-hmm. it gets foggier and foggier. Mm-hmm. The, the weirder the situation is. So you're Mm -hmm. not going to have that mental clearness when you first wrote them, but it doesn't mean that those things that you wrote aren't true or aren't Mm -hmm. the standard that you should keep. Hmm. Okay. Other question for you. What is, and these are all passing. I feel like these sound scripted, but they're not. What Mm -hmm. is the hardest breakup lesson that you had to learn? Ooh. Um, I just put you on the spot. I'm sorry. The hardest breakup lesson that I had to learn. Do you want me to give you mine while you think? Yeah. I think mine, yes, no, because I remember whenever I read a thing on Instagram about it, I immediately gasped audibly because I was (laughs) pissed at myself. Um, Not to be surprised by repetitive behavior. Okay. I think that one was my hardest. And like reminding myself, I'm not, I'm not rehab. Like, mm. I'm not, I think I sometimes, I don't even, I shouldn't even say always. I used to, because I don't do this anymore. But, like, thinking, like, oh, I'm going to fix it. Not even, like, mm. him, but just, like, oh, I'm I'm going to make the situation perfect. But that's not my responsibility. And, like, yeah. I think I always think that I'm going to fix the pattern, you know? Mm-hmm. I think mine, the hardest thing was to remember that it does get better. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in it. Mm. especially as someone who's only been in like pretty long-term relationship, but it just feels like crap. It Mm -hmm. just does. Like the reality is it just sucks. And when you're that invested, it's like you lose the person who hopefully is like your best friend at that point. Yeah. And their family that you may or may not really love or be involved in. Like you lose all of those other things with Mm -hmm. it. And it just feels <laughs> like it's not going to get better because right now just really sucks. And I can't picture. It's such a crappy feeling. I yeah. literally have goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. I think the, the worst, worst part feeling. is like, oh, like I have to restart and do all that work with someone else. Like we don't have the same inside jokes. Like we right. don't have that same like. But that's a good point to why I think people go back to the cycle. Oh, 100%. Because it's normal and it's very human to crave familiarity. Yeah. And so you don't have to restart. That person already knows all your crap, all your yep. secrets, yeah. all the things that you already done, know. My mom, your family. I don't have to explain yeah. that away. Yeah. And that, it makes sense to want to be with somebody who gets you in that way. One of the things that I've been like lo- researching a lot lately at work is like attachment styles. And one of the mm. things that I just started, like I've been fascinated with like in the past couple of weeks, literally is like inter- intermittent reinforcement. Mm. And I literally was like, why the hell didn't I know this for the past 10 years of my life? Because it was talking about how basically intermittent reinforcement is the idea that like you're hooked on the hot and cold. And like, mm. if, if that's the way to train somebody's brain. I'm not saying this as a way for you to do it because please, for the love of God, <laughs> don't, don't manipulate people. Please, for the love of God. But like, I have always been hooked on the like, 
oh, I'm going to send you this sweet text and like, okay, awesome. And then I'm going to like go cold for three days and go no contact. And then I'm going to pop back in in a week and ask to hang out. And then I'm going to dip out for another two days. That's the easiest way to get someone to like be hooked, hook, line and sinker Mm. because they are like, you're, you're not even, but the thing is you convince yourself that you're attracted to them and you want them, but really you just want the emotional high. Right. And you're attached to the emotional high, not the person. Right. And like at the end of the day are like, how does this person make you feel nine times out of 10? I don't really care about the one. Mm-hmm. It's the nine times out of 10. Are you leaving every time you hang out feeling a little bit disappointed that like you have to trust that feeling, not mm-hmm. that one percent of like, oh, you know me, I'm so pretty. Right. And Aww. that's that's <laughs> really hard to do. And that takes a lot of like self-reflection yes. and self-honesty to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And to not just write off all those little moments where you're like, oh, he kind of put me down or she kind of put me down or I feel discouraged in this situation or I shared something that was really special to me and their reaction was horrible. That's also the worst, other worst feeling. Like you expect a certain like warm response and you get like a, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really crappy feeling too. Um. One of the things that I always had to say to myself, too, was, like, just because, like, that someone not responding well to, like, some moment of vulnerability for you is more about their capacity to handle what you told them and less about the fact that you, like, like, that you shouldn't have felt the way you felt. Right. Like, it it doesn't have to do with what you said. It's Yeah. It's about them. Yeah. How do you feel about, um, uh, do you block, do you block them? Ooh. Do you delete them on Instagram? Do I'm you? a blocker. You're a blocker? Yeah. Because I just like, you're not important in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't need you to see that I'm doing well to feel like I'm doing well. Okay. But then are you a blocker? But then there's a difference between people that are blockers. And then like, I'm going to block you so that you text me because you want to know why I blocked you. No, I, I don't. I guess I didn't block anyone in high school, but I feel like Instagram wasn't as big of a social media as it is now. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I'm for sure a blocker, but not to hope that they reach out. Right. I do it because I have moved on and I don't care to see your life. Mm-hmm. And I also am not about to post a picture just to prove that I'm over you. Yeah, I agree. I'm also, but I think I'm more of an unfollow type of girl because I don't really care if you want to, but there have been times where like, I don't know. Last one, I was kind of like, no, I still would care to see your life. Like I want to see what's happening, but not because I'm like overly invested because I wasn't. Yeah, that's true. But it's, I mean, granted, I wasn't really given the option, but you know, like, yeah, my account's also private thinking. So I'm like, I could block you and unblock you and you just don't follow my private account anymore. I think you need to block the number. Mm. The number's hard. The number? Blocking the actual phone number. I'm not even thinking like Instagram. I'm thinking, I'm just, now I'm like brainstorming of what what my rule is with blocking the number. Okay, I don't have anyone's, like any of my ex's phone numbers blocked. No, me either. Yeah. Uh, Instagram or like social media, it's just a highlight reel. I don't freaking care. Like, I, yeah, it's not to say that like I hope they're doing poorly and mm-hmm. I don't give a crap because yeah. I wouldn't care if they lived or died. It's mm-hmm. not like that. Like, I, I hope all of them are well yeah. and they're happy and have great lives. I just don't care to like look at your profile ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, I don't update it. I think I actually, I still have to check myself to make sure I, I have to check my motivations a lot to be like, 
okay, I post this. I don't get a response from him, whoever him is in the moment. Yeah. Am I going to like, is that going to, am I, is my stomach going to drop when that happens? And if it isn't, I'm not going to post it. But that's why making them unfollow you or blocking them just takes that feeling away. Yeah. I, I think in general, whether or not they're blocked, I'm just watching what I'm posting that I don't have a hidden agenda. Yes. Which is hard to do though. That's yes. what I'm saying. Yes. Like it takes a very self-aware person to be like, no, I'm not yeah. posting this to hope the hope that they would like it or respond mm-hmm. or whatever. Or even just feel like, oh my God. They saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. No, I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. I know sometimes I would do that. Sure. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, I don't think I do it now, but I think it's always my first inclination. Uh, yeah, I think that's normal. I, have to stop I just don't think it's good. It. No. And if you're not self-aware and you mm-hmm. know you're not, then it would probably just be beneficial to go on private for a few weeks. Or... Did we ever answer the question before of how you know that you're not supposed to get back together? Oh. I don't know if we ever actually answered How that. you know you're not supposed to get back together. Oh, I kind of said, like, write down your main needs and oh. don't be afraid to have the conversation. It's and true. if you can't or you're being shut down every time mm-hmm. or they're not answering your questions directly, like mm-hmm. I dated a guy that was like a master manipulator, knew how to talk his way out of anything. And that should have been the biggest red flag of mm-hmm. them all. Like I couldn't ask a question that he did something wrong or like said something that hurt my feelings mm-hmm. without him beating around the bush Ooh. instead of just saying like, I didn't mean to hurt you, but I recognize that I did, and I'm sorry. Right. I won't say that again. I've never heard that from him. Ugh. Actually, recently, he reached out on Facebook. Oh, my God, that one. <laughs> Sweet God, that was the most weird. That was the weirdest. Like He was the worst. Trying to get closure and take accountability without taking any accountability. Exactly, which, like, that's the perfect example of who he is. Ooh. Like, he said he wanted to apologize. He reached yeah. out to me. It's been, what, eight years? Since we've even had a conversation. (laughs) That's embarrassing. Yeah. And he reached out to me on Facebook and was like, hey, I want to like apologize, but didn't take any accountability. Emerson's looking at me like, what? I'll fill you in later. Um, And he was like, yeah, I want to like apologize for how I was when we dated. But then he basically, the underlying tone was not an apology. The underlying tone was like, I feel guilty about it. And I know that I like... I want you to not hate me, so I'm saying this so you don't hate me. Right. Yeah. Not because I actually feel bad. About and, it. like, by principle, what I did was wrong. Not because it's – because I actually feel bad for hurting you back way back when, but also, like, okay, I've heard through the grapevine that I probably should have treated you a little better, so I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's funny because he apologized about, like, very interesting things, mm-hmm. like, very – um, I want to say, like, spiritual things. Like, he apologized <laughs> for not – um, representing God correctly instead of apologizing for like verbal abuse. Yeah. Like you don't have to be vague and say like, Oh, I'm I'm sorry for not honoring God. Like, how about I'm sorry for telling you to shut the hell up. That was probably kind of wrong. Right. I feel bad about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's different. There could have been things he could have actually owned up. Yes. 100%. And he didn't, he just kind of did the blanket Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I didn't like represent Jesus as I should have. No. And you can only be responsible for what you are responsible for. If you need, if like in a breakup, you have to apologize for your part in something, you can apologize for one part and not be sorry for the rest of it. You can literally say, you know what? I should have done this, this, and this, and I'm sorry that it didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Yeah. And you know what? That doesn't mean, it doesn't negate the fact that you did X, Y, and Z wrong. And I'm going to, I'm going to peace because I'm not going to 
try to make excuses for your repeated behavior and like Mm -hmm. allow you to have the exact same space in my life that you had before when you have not earned to have that space. Yeah. And so when I read that, I texted Haley, my boyfriend, (laughs) and my best friend who dated this guy's cousin. We were dating cousins and we were best friends at the same time. So she like knew all the ins and outs of our relationship and like saw everything firsthand. Mm -hmm. So I texted her, you and Corey. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, I could go about this in like a few different ways. I could just dismiss it because I knew that the message wasn't for me. It was for him. Mm -hmm. I could tell him all the like things that he was roundabout mm-hmm. about and mm-hmm. say like, no, you, you can apologize for like actual things right now and yeah. you're not, or I could just not reply. Mm-hmm. And I was this close to not replying. Like, wait, you replied. Yeah. I didn't tell you. No. Oh, okay. I well, literally didn't think you did. I texted Corey and I was like, should I just block him? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I'm a blocker. And he was like, no, you do not need to block him. And I was like, well, what do I say? Or should I just not say anything? And he was like, if you have something to say, you can you can message him back. Mm-hmm. But it just depends. Like, what's your aim? Yeah, what yeah, what's the message gonna be? Like, and Corey's very much like a peacemaker in this mm-hmm. situation. He's like, don't start anything or like start a conversation mm-hmm. that you don't even want to put effort in. Yeah. And then my friend from home, she was like, if it was me and I took the time to like formulate this apology, whether I knew it was like not the best motivation or mm-hmm. not, I would have, I would at least want a response. And I was like, yeah, that's fair, but I don't feel like I own anything. Right. So I was like this close to not responding. And I messaged back and I was like, hey, thanks for reaching out. Like, I appreciate it. Um, I forgive you and mm-hmm. I hope you're doing well. Oh, so you and I have would have had much different responses. Mm. I just didn't want to open up. Not saying that your response is bad. It was good. But, like, no, so it just... was good for your aim. I'm also coming as a person who is single. Like, you're in a happy relationship. It's not – I mean, granted, not that – Yeah, and this isn't fresh. Right. Like, right. this isn't something that I still feel, like, hurt from mm-hmm. or, like – oh, it's too soon that I just remember fully how I felt in those moments. Like this was seven, eight years ago. This is my freshman year of high school. (laughs) There was one time I just remembered this. This just came back in a wave. There was a time in seventh grade (laughs) when I really liked this one boy. His name's Austin. Uh And I was obsessed with him for like, and we like dated for like, I think a couple days. Did we? No, actually, no, we didn't even date for a couple of days. We were going to date for a couple of days, and then he ghosted me. Oh, seventh grade version of ghosting, right? Rude. Yeah, there was, like, a bunch of drama that went down. Very mm-hmm. great. But didn't you, like, see him in the hallway every day? Like, <laughs> yeah, we had our, our lockers. Together? Our lockers were close to each other. And so it was always, like, every day I was always, like, <gasps> at my locker, like, being melodramatic. Like, yeah. whatever. Anyways, so... Whatever. This happens in seventh grade. My little achy, breaky seventh grade heart is just shattered. Whatever. For like a couple days. Anyways. So then, I think it went, I want to say it's 11th grade. Turns out this kid, Austin, ends up having a crush on my sister. And my sister is like. You can't do that. No, I know. My sister's like not even having it. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, we're not doing this. Like, whatever. And he's like shutting it down. Well, he convinces himself that it's because I liked him in seventh grade. Oh, and honey. and I told her like you can't date him. Oh so my I remember him. Te- I remember exactly where I was standing at Morgan Schmidt's house. I'm standing <laughs> there and I get a text 
from this kid. And I literally out loud was like, what the hell? Because I had literally, he was like a nobody at that point. Text me. Sad. Sorry. And he texts me and was like, hey, like, I, I just was thinking, like, I'm really sorry for, like, being mean to you in seventh grade. Like, I don't think I treated you fairly, and I just want to say I'm sorry. So I just sent a picture to my sister, and I was like, he's just trying to date you. <laughs> You're so apologizing to me. And she was like, does this boy realize it's just because I don't like him? I know, and I love Abby because she's not the type to play games. <laughs> no. She's like, if I don't like you, I don't freaking like you. Yeah, I'm not no. afraid to tell you that. No. It's not because my sister has dibs. No, yeah, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> From so, the seventh grade. I remember texting back and being like, you're good, bro. Like, it's fine. And, like, I didn't feel the need to be like, hey, like, I didn't feel the need to correct him. It was just right. like, let's just. And that's how I felt. I'm I good. was like, I don't feel the need to call you out on this because it's been eight years. So this is exactly like tall. my seventh grade crush. <laughs> what you're saying is your story is basically on My par. traumatic first <laughs> relationship. is exactly like Austin <laughs> not liking me back in the seventh grade. <laughs> oh, God. What a life. I don't even know why. Oh, God. Anyways. um, Oh, gosh. Okay. Do you have a question for me? You look like you had one. I did, but I forgot it once we started this. Um, I don't know. You went off on breakup story tangent, which I was appreciated. It wasn't a negative story. Your tangent. Your tangent your that you just never shut tangent. up about. My God. So we went through some things to do. To do what not to do is yeah. where, where we're headed. Um, okay. My proudest breakup thing. Mm-hmm. Just shutting up. I'm a fixer, like an over, uh, I'm an over communicator by nature. Mm -hmm. I have to like, but sometimes I just got to, I've been chef's kiss with it lately, but just like fall back, chill out. Mm -hmm. Like, believe it or not, if like, they're not the person, they're just not the person. And it sucks that they're not the person. Right. But like someone else is the person. Yeah. And like, it's, you don't have to like. Like, do you really want it if you have to work that hard for it? Like, is it worth it? If you're the one that has to master manipulate it to work, is do you want to be the master manipulator? Right. Because there's some balance between, like, every relationship's going to take work. But mm-hmm. at what point do you just not have the wherewithal to, like, yep. fight on your hands and knees for it yes. every single day yeah. and it's taking a toll on you? Mm-hmm. And how, I think, like, the other thing is, like, how many needs did you have that weren't being met that you ignored for the sake of maintaining the peace yeah I think a huge oh this one has a balance okay but I think a huge not from the outside perspective Mm -hmm. is don't get on dating apps shut up it's she's not, attacking I'm me. I'm not even directing it at you <laughs> I'm directing it at people in general because <laughs> 98% of the time, it's just a distraction, and it doesn't actually help anything. Well, I think you're bringing your old, your your same relationship habits into a new one. Yeah. I just think that, I granted, my friends that are on dating apps, like, I have a handful. I'm not singling you out. They're great, and they could make great relationships if the other people are great. It's the other percentage <laughs> of people on the app that I just don't trust are there. Oh, good. 100%. It's a shit show in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It is a lion's But den. this is the balance portion because I do believe at a certain point you should put yourself back out there yeah, and sure. like say yes to a date. Mm-hmm. I think you can say yes before you think you're ready, quote unquote. Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's good to remind yourself that like 
No, there are other good girls out there. Mm -hmm. And even though I broke up with the girl I thought I would be with forever, like there's a good person out there. For sure. Or like, oh, there are good, decent, kind guys out there. Mm -hmm. And my ex isn't the only one that Are you nervous? No, I'm very warm though. Okay, yeah, you're like you're you're, you're hiving. Maddie has the most sensitive skin in the world, Am and I? she just no. I just have the, those bumps on the back of my arms. No, no, no. But this is like a scratch mark. Oh, that's my nails. Oh, okay. I forgot you have just have the most sensitive skin. But in the yeah, world. I'm like low key sweating in here. Um, but I, that's okay. the balance. Yep. Like I, I don't think dating apps are the the best slash healthiest way to go only because 99 percent of the time that mm-hmm. I've seen my friends experience it, it just doesn't work. Yep. Unless you get the top 2%. Can I add a something that isn't related to what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Is it a relationship don't? Or yeah. Post breakup don't? don't. Yeah. Um, you don't need to have another closure conversation. Ooh. You don't have to have 12. Ooh. I don't need, if I check Maddie's location, this is in a hypothetical world where she's not with Corey. She's, <laughs> I don't know, with a random, whoever his name is. Who sucks. Random who sucks. <laughs> if I check this bitch's location and she's in a car with her ex-boyfriend for the eighth time, I, I'm i calling her and I'm cussing her out because I can't do it anymore. Like, as a friend, that's the most annoying thing ever. You don't want a closure conversation at that point. You just want to talk to them again. And I think that's okay to admit. Yes. No, that's fine. I Own think it. it's okay Own to it. say, I miss them. I want to talk to them. I just want to X, Y, or Z. Yeah. But what is that helping when it's the 15th one? Mm-hmm. And what, like, are this you... Is, this is a common thing for the cycle people. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Is it, if you don't get your questions answered, will you die? <laughs> like, it, is and, it possible to survive without your questions being answered? Like, and did, your questions were answered the first three closer, mm-hmm. closure conversations. Yeah. So what makes you think they will be now? Well, yeah, you got creative to come up with more questions so that you had another reason to hang out. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you, chances are you actually probably have the answers to those questions already, even mm-hmm. if the answer is just something you don't want to hear. Like, yeah. oh, the answer is he actually just didn't really care that much, or she wasn't as invested as I was. That's my answer. It's just an answer I don't want that I would rather have them have a different answer. Mm-hmm. But you have it already. Like, and, mm-hmm. and does the answer change the outcome of what happens? Mm-hmm. If they say something, does that mean that we get back together? Most times I'm going to venture to say no. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, the closure conversation just leads to something you don't want. Oh, it just yeah. It just makes the mess messier. Mm-hmm. And I've, like, coming from experience, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. Yup. I'm going to play those videos I was just talking about. Oh, yeah. Um. So, listen, this is another thing I just did because I think I'm losing my mind. I, um... Went there and saved a bunch of breakup TikToks and just <laughs> made them a thing. But these are some of my favorite that I had to say to myself every morning. Well, I woke up and I like myself today, so your like is extra. Ooh. My, my job is to like me first. That was it. <laughs> I said, okay, fine. That was That's rude. good, though. Right? That's, I don't care I, what age you are right now. Do not chase someone who's showing you that they're not sure about you or that they're not respecting you or that they're not thinking about you. That was that. That's these good. are all very short and sweet. A lot of these are just like random videos that have text on them. Oh, this was one of my favorite ones for some reason. This is like a little thing to tell yourself. Adopto and what mindset and watch how you feel. Just mm-hmm. adding an and what to everything. And what? Okay, he's with someone else. And what? Right. 
okay, fine. He doesn't want to talk to me. And what? <laughs> I'm still a bad bitch. I do not care. Right. Which that helps when you have a little piece of good self-esteem. For sure. No, that's I think that the, changes the game. That's the starting point is knowing that you're okay mm-hmm. within your own skin. Like what the mm-hmm. first girl said. Like, I yeah. like me. Yeah. Your like is extra. extra. Yeah. And that's okay to say. Yes. You are optional because I already like me. Right. But even with my students who have self-esteem things, mm-hmm. the first, like, exactly what you start with, we're completely unrelated to a relationship, like, them working on themselves is taking care of what they already have mm-hmm. and then figuring out why they invest so much time to take care of themselves because they actually like themselves. Right. Like that's the your starting thing. Mm-hmm. And like you had a whole life that isn't related to your love life at all. Your love life is just a facet of your entire life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue is people make their relationship their whole thing. Oh my God. It's exhausting. Yeah. I hate when people are like that. I know. I mean, not that I... Like, I get it. I think, like, whenever you're on the honeymoon It's, just, phase, it's hard to watch. Yes. Because they're throwing away everything else. Mm-hmm. Another don't I want to add, which is also hard and I'm, ha- I'm partially preaching to myself, mm-hmm. but, like, romanticizing everything. Ooh. Like, yeah. I, like, religiously have to check in with myself to be, like, this was actually not the, the one that got away story. Mm-hmm. Like, that's actually not the story. It's the story I've told myself, but it's not a true one. Mm-hmm. The story is he's just, like, a guy who wasn't really equipped for what I had to offer. And that's Ooh. just the whole story. Ooh. Switch the narrative. Ooh. <laughs> no, that's a great one. I don't know. We got any other goods? Um, and you got any other questions? <laughs> no. Nope. Okay. Um... We also have some Enneagram stuff. Oh, right, right, right. We forgot to mention that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Enneagram things. Um, Enneagrams do relationships differently. I think people in general do relationships Yeah. But I have something saved. It's just one thing that I'll try and go through quickly because nine numbers is a lot. Yes. Um, But it's from Nine Types Co. And um, if you don't know your Enneagram, maybe you will after I read some of these. Um, but <laughs> if you do, then stick around. Can I guess some of them? Or we're um, trying to go fast? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, I'd prefer it if you did it. This one. Okay. So there's a few different ones that I have. Uh, let's see. This is my favorite one. I think it's called breaking up is a hard thing to do. Uh. And it breaks down each number. Mm-hmm. And it says, if I'm not paying attention, Mm. I do this after a breakup. Okay. And then it says I can support myself by doing this. Mm -hmm. And then something that helps, like if you're a friend who has an Enneagram 3 that just went through a breakup Mm -hmm. that has advice for being like a third party person of what you Mm -hmm. can do for them. Mm -hmm. So what part do you want to guess? Like how I want to guess the first part, what they they initially do. So type one, what do you think that they do? I think it's either going to say that they are super self-critical about how they handle the situation or they're going to be very blamey about how the other person was and judgmental about it. Okay. This one says, if I'm not paying attention, my inner critic takes over. I'm a genius. Yep. I feel like my ability to maintain a relationship is a reflection of who I am and my mm, personal worth. Right. Which is such a one thing. But That's I, such a one I thing. do see the blamey piece in there too. If they yeah. feel like everything they did was correct and justified, yes. yeah. that it would be completely the other person's yeah. fault. Yeah. Like there's very black and white that way of it has to be one person's fault. And if it's not mine, then it's theirs. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the biggest thing for a one to support themselves during a breakup is to journal. Okay. And then the biggest thing for friends, if you're friends with a one who just went through a breakup, is to, I mean, obviously they would kind of have to pick you in terms of being a voice that they trust because True. ones are very particular. Mm -hmm. um, but speaking truth over them. Like reminding them that they're not as bad as they think or it's not just solely their fault or that mm -hmm. they do have other good things to offer. Yeah. Because that inner critic is so loud. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm into it. Type two. What do you think they <gasps> do? I think they over communicate or and they try to fix it or they throw themselves into busy. Okay. They care so deeply about the other person. Yeah. Um, that they cause more pain for themselves. Yes. So they delay a breakup. <laughs> yeah. They try to remain friends. Yes. Or they make sure the other person's okay. Yes. So basically they're putting the other person's needs in front of their own. Yes. To the point where it's not beneficial. Yes. And then they seek affirmation because mm. a re relational failure can feel like oh, their own personal failure. This is disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> Which I definitely see for most twos that I know. Yeah. Um, something that they can do, this is very blanket, but focus on themselves and make space for their own growth. But I think the focusing on yourself piece is like the biggest part for twos because yep. they so often don't. Yeah. Um, and then if you are friends with the two that's going through a breakup is to, oh, oh, this is for them. Surround yourself with people that don't need your help. People that like what if everyone needs my you help? don't need to take care of or like fix. Oh, fine. That you know that they're fine. Um, fine. Because then fine, you can, fine. you have the capacity to focus on yourself. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, type three, what do you think they do? Um, a type three is going to be the one that posts on social media and <laughs> wants to show everybody how great they're doing without them. They're trying to assert their independence or make a person jealous. Okay. Um, this kind of goes, you're two wing three. So I think with what you were saying <laughs> last time with yeah. the two was this three piece. Yes. Uh, they throw themselves into productivity. Oh, true. So like okay, a maybe that was my three. or like overworking mm -hmm. themselves because it numbs them. I guess what I meant by busy the last time was more like busy with solving other people's problems. Uh, so I kind of mean okay. both, but I think it is a two wing three thing. It says they yeah. also can become paranoid about how okay. it looks to other people. So okay, I could true. see the social media thing. The being image like, conscious. Yeah, I have it all together. I'm fine. And then the other portion for threes that is really hard is that they want somebody else over them because it feels mm. like a direct reflection of their... Oh, that actually, that actually just hurt my chest a little bit. Right? That was not good. So threes can help themselves by um, understanding and making it real that this is their new normal mm. and to stop being pain avoidant about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that their worth isn't attached to the relationship for sure. And then if you're friends with threes, um, is reach out to them mm -hmm. instead of them reaching out to you. Cause they have a hard time asking for help. So okay. check in on them, check in on your three, which I think is a good thing for twos as well. No, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Four. Four. Our sweet, sweet romanticizers. Emerson's not a fan of Enneagram fours traditionally. Um, yeah, they, they're going to romanticize. They're going to write a breakup song. They're going to journal. They're going to ruminate, get stuck. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. 
they're nostalgic about only the good parts. Yep. So they romanticize yep. and reminisce about how things mm-hmm. could have been or were when things were good. I watched a comedy special one time that was there was the comedian was saying, like, I'm divorced, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was like, aw, in the crowd. And he was like, no, I hate when people have that response because no good marriage has ever ended. Oh. It was clearly not a great marriage if it ended. Mm, that's true. <laughs> See? Okay, sorry, go ahead. Um, what you should do if you're for going through a breakup is distance yourself and bring your feet to the ground. Yes. The reality Ooh, yes. is that you're not together. Yep. And so journal about it and don't let your mind drift. I think those are the people that probably need to block just for the sake yeah, of I'm not so going to get stuck in La La Land here. Yes. Um, if you're friends with a four, something that they need is to be engaged with friends who love you for you. And, okay. Um, who encourage you to get out of your head. So to do yeah. active things. Yep. To get out of your house, not write the song. Ooh. Somebody, people drive by this road ridiculous. Go on the hike. Yep. But also let you cry when you need to. But yep. push you out of that. Yep. That'll ground feeling. you a little. Yeah. Type five. What do you think fives do? Um, I think fives intellectualize the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think they go to a little bit more black and white. They're probably going to, um, oh, I don't know. I guess I would say that they probably are going to not avoid, but just kind of like throw themselves into other mm-hmm. topics that make them feel purposeful. Yeah. So they spend hours thinking about how it got to the end. Okay. And they consider it all their fault, usually. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. Because they are so um, cautious. Okay. That they think they take the right amount of time to make the right moves. Hmm. So when it fails, it feels like an intellectual failure because I wasn't smart enough to make the correct moves. So this must be me. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought that. They analyze it like it's a puzzle, not a relationship. Hmm. Like it's a thing to be solved versus Uh two people. Which is interesting. That makes sense. Um, Supporting yourself or like a self-care tip is to let go of explaining it all and just Mm -hmm. accepting it for what it was um, and then find people or contentment in the life that you've already built. Oh, yeah. I like that. Which is good. Sweet little fives. Um, Sixes? No, for if you're a friend of them. Oh, I forgot about that one. Don't force them to talk about it and give them room. Some things they just don't want to explain, and that's okay. Um, and then let them express when they do want to talk about it and ask questions and make sure that they know they that they do want to understand you. Or you do want to understand them. Because mm-hmm. I think fives think they're complicated because they don't talk about their feelings a lot. Mm-hmm. Because they don't really feel like they're that valid. Yeah. And so for a friend to be like, no, actually what you're feeling is valid is like a good reminder for them. Oh, type six. What do you think they do? Panic. Um, (laughs) I think they're going to, they're going to get stuck too. I think they're going to ruminate a little. I think they're going to take a lot of blame and think, I think they're also going to be pretty hard on themselves when it comes to that person getting with someone else. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. Their mind runs wild yeah. with every possibility of how they could have done things differently mm-hmm. or what signs they should have picked up on that Ooh, they didn't. that one's tough. And then they start to think, I knew I shouldn't have trusted them. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think about that part of it. Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of blame shifting. 
Like, it's yeah. not me. I just shouldn't have trusted you. Mm, it's true. Yeah. Uh, if you're six, you can remind yourself that you are not responsible for that other person's happiness mm -hmm. and they are not responsible for yours. Oh, that one's a hard one. So detach a little bit and remind yourself that you're capable of love. Even if this one didn't work out, it doesn't mean that every other person isn't trustworthy. For sure. Something that your friends can do for a six when they're going through a breakup mm -hmm. is uh, give them a self-help self -help, mm, self -help. <laughs> self book or daily affirmations to kind of put the truth back in them mm -hmm. um, and remind them that there's nothing wrong with them, that they're lovable, worth it, and enough. I love a good breakup book. I would give you a good breakup book, but you're not going to need one. But Yeah, I wouldn't read it. I don't I'd like read it to you. Okay, that's nice. Okay, type seven, what do you think they do? <laughs> avoid, avoid, avoid. They're going to potentially be with someone else, but they're also going to probably go out and distract mm, and have a grand old time. Overdo everything to avoid the pain. Work, drink, mm -hmm. fun, eat, and then find a rebound. Sevens, come on. <laughs> um, you can support yourself going through a breakup if you're seven they're gonna journal by sitting with your feelings yeah allowing the pain to just be real um and journal and a good reminder is the only way out is through Ooh. yeah that's a good one for them yeah um if you're a friend be the friend that just lets them show up and be how they are and yep. not make them feel the need to cover up or overdo. Mm -hmm. um, Don't be shocked. It's like a little kid. Like you want to not be shocked by their, yeah, it's going to like make them backpedal. Right. Lead them to a place where they can self-reflect right. and they probably need a little bit of verbal back and forth. Oh, I forgot to... I wasn't wearing makeup, so just rubbing my eyes right now feels like an actual <laughs> orgasm. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> sorry. That just felt so good. Anyways, continue. Um, Don't take that out. That was funny. They need some help to get to a good point of self-reflection. Cool. Type 8, what do you think they do? Mm, that was a hard one. I know, I agree. Type 8s confuse me. I think uh, potentially, depending on the A, I think it's going to feel the need to make it not their fault or to, like, take charge in some way and get back control. Mm -hmm. So I think they're either going to communicate everything or they're going to distance and be blamey. So they try to resist or control the situation. Right. Um, usually their number one emotion is just anger. Anger that it's over, mm -hmm. anger that it hurts, anger that it is or isn't their fault. Right. Anger, anger, anger. Um, and so they throw themselves usually into things mm -hmm. just so they don't have to acknowledge the fact that they gave somebody else the power to hurt Ugh, them. That one is that one is real. That yeah. one hurts a little. Like, I go to eight and stress, so that one hurts a little. You you give yourself away a little emotionally and they can leverage that and right. that feels weak. And that's, like, an embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, something you can do is give yourself more than a day to feel the anger <laughs> or feel the sadness. Yeah. Um, and don't be so closed off to that more tender side of who mm -hmm. you are um, because you're not going to protect yourself by just being angry and blame shifting. Mm -hmm. They should probably do some, like, inner child work. Go on Pinterest, type Ooh. inner child healing, do what they tell you to do. True. 
um, if you're a friend of an eight, um, let them sift through the anger and stick mm-hmm. around for when the anger wears off and they yeah. do have that soft spot. Oh, yeah. That's always sad. That's my favorite thing in therapy is when you have like the hard, hard, tough shell mm-hmm. that just you watch it crack slowly and you're like, the crack is coming. It's happening. And yep. it just <laughs> glow sticks. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> Cute. I love a good breakdown. <laughs> oh, what do you think nines do? Mm, I don't think a nine is going to ask the questions that they probably deserve to ask because I think they're going to want to maintain the peace. Mm-hmm. I think they might get self-blamey um, in rationalizing what happened to make it all gray versus the ones mm-hmm. and the eights being let's make it very black and white. I think mm-hmm. the nine is going to try to make it very – to breeze over it to not feel hmm. it. Yeah. They delay the breakup for so long, usually, that yeah. it feels like a relief. Ah, I didn't think of that. Okay. I could so see that. So, most of the time, nines are so passive. They'd rather just wait until the other person is so fed up with the inconsistency or the lack of effort that they do it. That it feels like, oh, finally, I didn't have to do it and it's over. Ah. <laughs> but then... See what's... Okay, go ahead. When... They're out of it. Mm-hmm. They resort to, well, usually sleeping, vegging out, true, yeah. doing anything, mm-hmm. being paid avoidant to distract themselves from what they're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of these are either like distraction or ruminating. I think if you split them into two categories, they do one or the other mm. in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like the ones, the twos, the fours, the sixes are all ruminators. Ruminators. And maybe the eights occasionally, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is avoidant. Yeah. The threes, the fives, the sevens. And the ninth. And the eights. Oh, nines, yeah. Depending on what, where the eight is. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. I've never thought that before, but it's a good point. Hmm. Interesting. Um, something you can do if you're a nine going through a breakup is self-reflect, sort through the ways that you merged with your partner. Mm. So things that you compromised on or set aside your opinion for mm. and bring yourself back to what you really are. Yeesh. So most likely journaling or mm-hmm. talking to a friend that you trust. Mm-hmm. Um, but identify what you picked up in the relationship that isn't truly you. Ooh. That one's a good one. Mm-hmm. I think that's breakup. That's a breakup thing anyways, just to figure out what the heck you want that's different from yeah. Because you just pick up on people's things. Yeah, for sure. I think nine specifically just struggle oh, for with sure. putting themselves in the backseat. Mm-hmm. I think twos do that as well. Um, what do you mean? I'm a narcissist. Oh, sorry. People pleasing narcissists. Yeah. How does that work? I'm so tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're a friend of a nine going through a breakup, let them be them. Let them have the opinion. Mm-hmm. Wait them out when asking yeah. simple things like where they want to go Find or what the they think of something. Yeah. Um, even when it feels uncomfortable, wait them out because that will help them solidify themselves a little bit better. Yeah, well, baby. And don't let themselves uh, veg out and distract themselves too much. Mm-hmm. Like... They're, they need to verbal process, but they don't want to. So ask questions and be interested of what they're actually feeling. 
Yep. All right. That's all we got. Um, oh, wait. I'm Kaylee's just going to gonna... look through my things that I screenshotted randomly. These are actually, these are two good ones to end on. <clears throat> 12 year old you thinks that you're really cool and hot, and that's really all that matters. Aww. Also, oh, actually, this is another one that used to be my wallpaper on my phone. It was a Brittany Broski tweet mm-hmm. that just said, I know I'm cooler than any man I over I ever simped over, and sometimes I'll be forgetting that. <laughs> that was my wallpaper for like six months. Um, that's when I should have known to get out. Um, this one is, fellas, y'all have to try harder than a you're pretty. The 38-year-old Middle Eastern men in my DMs have already written six poems and promised me all of their assets. Yes. <laughs> oh, my god. Men, I'm not going to lie to you. Do better. But there's also some girls that probably need to do better, too, and get a grip. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of getting a grip that needs to happen here. I think girls are worse manipulators, and I think boys are just idiots, and girls are fine with tolerating idiots. Or they make themselves fine with tolerating idiots. Yeah. They're not fine with tolerating idiots until they mean an idiot. Right. But I think girls can be just as bad on the manipulative side. For sure. But hopefully this helped you guys in some way shape or form if it didn't then you just got to listen to me and Haley. sorry we're just airing our baggage about nothing her baggage about her boyfriend and my baggage about my seventh grade my boy i liked oh <laughs> she's been out here shit talking Corey this whole time <laughs> can you just imagine kidding. that would be so sad for him it's like current relationship issues she's like oh. okay so guys i've been thinking about how i'm gonna break up with my boyfriend and he just listens oh to my it. gosh it's awful oh, that's so sad all Corey. my current relationship issues are like how do i get my boyfriend to stop farting <laughs> How do you? Oh, never mind. I knew what you were gonna say. <laughs> never mind. He, Corey has one fatal flaw, and he knows exactly what it is, and it's disgusting. Anyways, yeah. we know Corey, and we still love you. Okay. Um, I don't know, Emerson. You got any final thoughts? We love you, Kofi. No, no, not about Corey. No, no, no. <laughs> um, what, what? What have you learned from us? Is my real question. Well, that's a good one. You guys are nuts. <laughs> you guys are nuts. You wouldn't date either of us? I think we'd be fun to date. <laughs> I think I I'm a good time. Okay. You're, Corey thinks you're fun to date, and I think I'm fun to date. I am. I'm a good time. I think you'd be a good time. Yeah, Maddie took me on a date yesterday, actually. I did. She paid for my dinner and my snacks for the movie. Ooh, I boys. said, and she bought my, she bought the snacks, and I said, you don't have to buy the snacks. And she said, she took my, my face, and she said, this is how a man should treat you. <laughs> I said, I'm just doing what a guy should have done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That is what you said. And you know what? She's right. I am right. Okay. Oh. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope that you um, don't let a boy or a girl be mean to you. Yeah. Good night. Aboriginal.